everybody. This is the Wild Nutrition Podcast, and I'm your host, Chris Heskett. This is episode 11. Today, I talked with my good friend, Nicole Hart. She's an online fitness and nutrition coach. She owns the Heart Life, and she works with a lot of moms who are struggling to lose weight. So we're going to talk about how she creates results with her clients and manages setting aside time from mom and time spent with family because usually mom is down the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to the family dynamic. So without further ado, let's get into this conversation with my friend, Nicole. What's up, Nicole? How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Um, Great. All right. So Nicole, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and how you got into coaching. All right. Awesome. So my name is Nicole. I have three kiddos. I have 12 year old twins and a three year old. Um, so I've, you know, I'm in that teenager spot, but I'm also in that preteen spot. I have a little bit of both going on and it definitely helps me when I'm, you know, talking with moms because I'm, I have my feet in both areas. So that's really exciting. Um, how I got into coaching was, so little backstory on me, my mom and stepdad were both bodybuilders, um, which is a weird thing to grow up with, but it was a normal for me. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess it wasn't weird for me. Um, so I grew up around that bodybuilding lifestyle and seeing how dieting was done in the bodybuilding world, like, you know, pre, um, competition. And then also the gorge fest that is post competition, yes. <laughs> um, So that was really my first idea of what dieting was and and how to go about it. So after I had my twins, of course, I wanted to lose the baby weight and the bodybuilding style diet was what I knew. So that is Mm -hmm. what I did. Um, It is not fun. No, it's zero percent fun. I don't recommend it. Um, So yeah, it, it, if you get caught up in that style of dieting without having, you know, off seasons and stuff like that, that can be not good for your mental like relationship around food. Um, but that is what it was. That was what I knew at the time. And so that is what I did. Um, so fast forward a few more years to post giving birth to my, um, third child, the second pregnancy. Um, I could not do it this time around. I could not do that bodybuilding diet this time around. I, I, no matter what I did, I just, I could not make myself do it. Um, and I'm sure it was a combination of a lot of things, just no energy, not wanting to put forth the effort into being that strict with myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I now had three kiddos to take care of versus, you know, just the two, which sounds crazy because twins is a lot to take care of. Um, but it was just so different this time around. And so this time around I had to really, I let myself go for a little bit thinking like, oh, I'm breastfeeding this time around. It'll fall. The weight will fall off after I'm done breastfeeding. And it didn't. Um, And I was like, oh my gosh, I really had to get so sick of my own excuses to be like, okay, enough is enough. What do I need to do to get this weight off in a way that I can still enjoy my life and, and not hate every day of eating. So that's how I kind of got into coaching one day. I was meal prepping for myself. And my husband said, do you enjoy doing that? And I thought he, he gave me like no context. So I assumed yep. he, do I enjoy meal prepping? And I said, yes, because in my head, I'm like, 
I'm setting myself up for success. I have to make less decisions for myself throughout the week, which does mm-hmm. help me throughout the week. So yes, that is something that I enjoy for myself. Um, and so I said, yes. And then he was like, well, you should do that for other women. You should help other women and teach them what you've learned. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's actually a great idea. <laughs> um, I am licensed as a nurse. I was not working as a nurse, but I do still have my license. Um, so I just naturally have that sort of caregivingness in me and helping other people. And so it seemed like a very smooth transition for me to go from helping people in one area to now helping people in this other area that could actually help them in the nursing area that I already was working in. Um, So yeah, that is how I got into coaching. I love every minute of it. Um, So yeah. (laughs) So obviously like when you were doing the bodybuilding diet, was it the uh, chicken, rice, broccoli? So I, with my twins, I had such a, I could look at someone cutting into a chicken breast and I would vomit. Um, That was like the biggest thing for me is I could not look at smell, taste chicken. I could not do it. So I did fish instead. Okay. (laughs) I I love most foods. Um, I am not a picky eater by any means, but I could not do chicken for probably eight years. Oh, geez. Pregnancy with the twins. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. So lots of rice, lots of fish. Brown Lots rice of, too. Like brown, that's, of course, <laughs> which also takes three times as long to cook. So <laughs> and taste yeah, it, <laughs> such a incredibly boring diet. Well, same it, it thing. Was so boring. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. When I was bodybuilding, it's just like, okay, here's your chicken or your white fish, your rice, sometimes sweet potatoes, but usually rice and then asparagus or broccoli. Mm-hmm. Like, all right, let's eat this six times a day. Yeah. Fun. Sometimes that- as a treat, I would put like four marshmallows on top of my potatoes. <laughs> like that was living it up. <laughs> so what's changed now? Because obviously, like we can both agree that's incredible. It's effective, but incredibly boring and unsustainable for most people. So what's changed now with your meal prep? Yeah. So I am, I have learned how to just be so much more well balanced and not to get stuck up on one meal or one day being off track, just having like a more well balanced mindset around food in general. And then also knowing that I can include foods that I love into my day to day or week to week. Um, so right now I really love Reese's thins. I will include those in, you know, every couple of days or whatever, and then cookie dough ice cream. I know, you know how much I love ice cream. <laughs> you do love uh, ice cream. Yeah. So I I've learned how to incorporate those things into my diet. And I'm not saying like my entire day is made up of a tub of ice cream and a, a bag of Reese's Thins, but I've learned that magical spot where you can balance everything. I can have oatmeal for breakfast. I can have chicken and yellow rice and beans for lunch, which is what I'm having today. And um, then, you know, maybe later on this evening, I'll have some Reese's Thins. So it's all about balance. And it's taken me a long time to get here and not have that like 
feeling of, oh my God, I'm being so bad while I'm having ice cream. Um, but I've gotten there and it's, it's such a freeing way to view food now, especially, you know, having kids because you don't want to teach them, like teach them without physically teaching them. These foods are bad. These foods are good. This is what you eat on a diet. You stay away from these when you're trying to lose weight. Um, because that's not a healthy way to live your life. And it's also not a healthy thing to be teaching your kiddos. Not at all. Um, as an extreme example, um, I had a roommate in college where his mom, like he was a wrestler in high school and his mom was basically orthorexic. So if you don't know the term, it's um, basically like super healthy eating to a fault. Um, so he would go to lunch and he would have like a can of tuna in high school but that was like all she would give him. Like he's this, this guy was big too. He was like six, three, six, four, and like a can of tuna. Like that was his lunch and then he was wrestling. So he goes to college and all of a sudden, like it's all you can eat ice cream and everything. And he had no self-control. So he went from like shredded what you would consider like super in shape. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, like he had no self-control. So it's like ice cream every day. He could eat pizza every day. These things that growing up, like his mom was like, nope, bad, bad, bad. And now it's just like a free for all. So it ended up working against her wishes because she never taught him balance. Yeah, no, I can relate to that. Absolutely. Because, um, you did bodybuilding too, didn't mm -hmm. you? Yes. But yeah. Um, so growing up like that and parents not being able to even have those like fun foods in the house, you learn that when it's in the house, you, you need to go ham because we don't know when we're going to have that again. And that absolutely carried over into my like early adult life as well. Um, and that's, that's like you said, with your friend, that's the issue with growing up with that sort of mindset is then you don't know how to control yourself. And that's not a good thing. <laughs> no. And same, like when I was bodybuilding, same thing, it'd be like, Oh, like you would look so forward to like your cheat meal, like all week you're like obsessing over food and create this obsession. You're like follow like Instagram and Facebook food pages. And you're just like watching food and obsessing over food for that one cheat meal. And then like eat an entire pint of Ben and Jerry's. You're like, I can eat whatever I want as a very unhealthy relationship to have with food. Cause it's like, well, you could have just worked that into your diet all week long, kind of like what you do with like ice cream and stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, um, I know for myself sort of just having this idea around it. So I would see my mom, you know, backstage eating an entire, I mean, an entire cheesecake, like an entire Walmart, not just one slice, the entire thing. Um, but she would still look like she had been working out. So I think too, by seeing these different things on Instagram, social media, et cetera, you see these people doing these things and you think to yourself, oh, they look like that, but they eat like that. So I can do that too and still look like that, which is not the case because yes. you don't see the body behind the scenes of everything. No, social media is a highlight reel. You see yeah. <laughs> all the good things and you never see, especially in bodybuilding, there's such like a dark thing, like dark world behind the scenes that you don't see it. One of them is like the gorging of food. Mm -hmm. Post competition, it's just this nonstop. Like I remember uh, after one of my competitions, like I could not stop eating an entire bag of Hershey's Kisses. Like I just wanted like three, I ate the whole fucking bag. Like couldn't stop because you're so deprived and your body just wants all the calories. Mm -hmm. 
It was it was one of those weird. I'm like I I lit like I don't know why, but yeah, it, it's a weird weird dark behind the scenes look into things. <laughs> when you think they're super healthy, everyone thinks like body like bodybuilders are shredded, shredded like lean equals healthy. And it could like bodybuilding is probably like the one of the least healthy things you can do for you. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what's been like a big shift like when when you're meal prepping now um or you're teaching so let's let's say you're teaching someone to meal prep or change the way they look at food what what's something you start someone with protein protein is the okay. biggest one that i start people with because at, I, I work with women obviously mm-hmm. Um, so women in general just don't get enough protein. You don't think about it. You think to yourself like, oh, that bodybuilding guy over there drinks mad protein shakes. So I should not drink protein shakes because I don't want to look bulky. I just want to look toned. Mm-hmm. Um, so protein is one of probably the biggest hurdles that I have to get women to start eating more of. Um, and then also, like I said, getting out of that mindset of, if I have this cookie, I am bad. My diet is ruined. So screw it. I'm just going to start over again on Monday and eat the entire pantry tonight. Um, so really those two things, like getting protein up and then learning how to have that balance of protein, healthy fats, carbs, learning the difference between what the different carbs will do for your body. Um, that's, that's really the biggest thing because it's just not taught. And so we have to really start at these basics of teaching women why they need these different things, hormone health for aesthetics. You have these goals of looking toned, but you're eating five grams of protein a day. Um, so really just teaching them the whys, not just the hows, because we really want to set people up for that long-term, um, being successful long-term, not just during the six months or whatever that we are working together. Um, there, there's a couple of things there I want to unpack with you, but, uh, we'll start with protein. So what's like the, um, I get same thing, same thing with my clients is generally women come in, they're not, and even a lot of men, they're not eating much protein, but generally women are like eating 60 to 80 grams per day. And I'm trying to get them 100, 120 grams per day. So it's just like bumping them up a little bit more. What, when do they have that like aha moment of like, holy shit, she's not bullshitting me. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This works. It's so different for everyone. Um, so actually a lot of times when I do a challenge, even like I just did a 14 day challenge and their goal was, um, a blanket goal of hundred grams of protein. Um, so it wasn't fully customized to everyone, but even just getting that hundred grams of protein without even knowing if we're in a calorie deficit or not, they're starting to see changes and it's just, it, you know, protein is going to do a lot of things for you, but it's also going to help you to feel fuller for longer. So then you're not just mindlessly snacking all the time because your body actually feels satisfied. Um, so there's a lot of things with protein, a lot of benefits that protein has, but really with one-on-one clients, it's, it's very different. Um, so when you're doing a challenge, there's a lot more hype around it, right? You know, that it's going to be short-term. So you're trying to hit all of the things. Um, and so people tend to hit those things a bit sooner during a challenge because it's short-term right now with my long-term clients, we're really focusing on 
meeting them where they're at and slowly bumping up. Um, so I work with moms. Moms are very busy and we don't want all of the things thrown to us at once because then a lot of times you're just going to feel overwhelmed and you're not going to do anything, right? So if someone comes to me, this is a real case scenario, eating like 17 grams of protein a day. Um, we're just going to slowly bump it up from there. And yes, they're going to start to see those changes. It just might be at a slower pace because we're slowly going up. Um, so it's really different. I've had people who after three weeks, they're like, oh my God, I feel amazing now. Like I haven't really lost much weight. Maybe we've lost some water weight, um, but they feel so much better, which is such a huge win because if you feel better, you have more energy to put into all of these other things versus yes. if you feel like crap all the time, you, you just don't feel like doing anything. Right. So that is a huge win. Um, but I've also had people who it takes like 12 weeks for them to really get into the swing of things. So it's really person by person, um, which is just the beauty of coaching one-on-one -on -one is because we can take it person by person and on a very individual basis. Yes. 17 grams of protein per day. Mm -hmm. That's, oh my God. I know like, that, that, but yeah. Um, so for the audience listening, if this is you, the probably the worst thing you can do is try to go from like 17 to hundred grams of protein in one week, you will mess up your digestive system. And I think that's a lot of people get caught up when they're doing something like a challenge or probably around the time this podcast is coming out. We're going to be around January 1st ish or close to it. So people are, make these drastic changes and then they're like, Oh, I feel like garbage. It's like, well, your digestive system's adapted to what you were eating. It has the enzymes and the, the stomach acid and everything from what you have been eating for the past six, 12 or couple years. And now all of a sudden you make a quick change. If you just change out your dog's food, like real quick, like, Oh, we went from Purina to raw food. All of a sudden, like the dog gets diarrhea. Mm -hmm. Same thing kind of happens to you. Yep. Um, so let, um, I wanted to come back to this. I want to talk about protein first, but I want to go back to good food versus bad food. Cause this one's definitely more important to talk about. Um, where i break this belief with my clients all the time. However, it is a massive hurdle to get over with people of like they're this good versus bad food. This black and white thinking is really just fucking you up in the head. And there's no actual bad foods other than maybe like trans fats. What, when you're coaching someone through this and you're trying to create this balance where they can have ice cream or the Reese's or Snickers or whatever, and incorporate that into the diet. How do you go about teaching them this so that they can actually start incorporating it in their daily life? Yeah. So sometimes I will straight up just show them my own, my fitness pal. Um, I don't, when I'm maintaining, I don't always track, but mm -hmm. I am bulking right now. So I am tracking. Otherwise <laughs> I'll eat my maintenance food. It's tough to eat more food. It is. Within basis. Um, but so, yeah, so I'm very religiously tracking right now. Um, so, and even when I'm trying to lose weight or if I know I'm going to be showing a client, my, my, my fitness pal, I will track it and I'll show them how I will delegate out my own foods. Um, I'm a visual learner. So I tend to lean more towards those visual learning styles because that is what helps me. And I find a lot of times it does help clients that way too. So just showing them, um, also I will take things like um, Wendy's. So I will take like 
what are the macronutrients of a Wendy's salad with all the fixing up, fixings on it? And now what's the macros of like a cheeseburger? And just kind of show <laughs> that like, just because you choose the salad with all the fixings, that might actually end up being higher calories than just yep. getting the cheeseburger, which is what you actually wanted. Um, so I think just showing people, right, because you have this preconceived notion that this salad is going to be healthier, I'm going to choose that when it, that's not always the case. Um, you know, there's bacon bits, there's croutons, there's all these different things on it. Um, and I think that that itself is very eye-opening for people because most people don't look at those things. And then when you actually look at those things, that helps people so much. So that, in addition to showing people how I split up my day, my week, et cetera, um, that's very beneficial as well. Um, and then also because I work with women, you know, just taking into consideration your time of the month, right? So maybe mm -hmm. around that time of the month, you want a bit more chocolates than normal, but the rest of the month you were really on point with everything else and like balance wise, et cetera. Um, those couple of days when you are really craving a bit extra chocolate, that's fine. And um, yes. so talking women through that and have telling them that, that they don't need to white knuckle it through those like few days of their period when they really want some extra chocolate. Um, that is very beneficial too. So giving them like a bird's eye view of their health and fitness and reminding them that those three days out of the month is not going to totally ruin their progress. Yes. It's, it's three days, 72 hours. And probably what at most you're going to eat maybe 500 calories worth of chocolate, which you can just incorporate like, cool. The, the rest of your calories are going to be whole food sources. Right. Right. Yeah. So, you can absolutely work it into your day. Yeah. Or maybe you're just going to go a little extra. And it's like, okay, well, what? Well, yeah. Cool. Here, have some grace on yourself. Forgive, give yourself after the fact and just keep moving forward. Exactly. didn't put you back that much right if at all right um so i had similar conversation recently in my facebook group i showed them i was like all right so here's a cliff builder bar it has 280 calories here's a snicker bar and it has 280 calories <laughs> guess what if you eat the cliff builder bar yes it has more protein but you think you're eating something healthy and it's like all right after protein the next ingredient's sugar and sugar and sugar, and you think you're doing something amazing. So then you're going to go and give yourself like an excuse to maybe fall off track later on in the day versus like, if you eat the Snickers, you're like, I ate a fucking Snickers. Like, okay, that's like my quote unquote bad treat for the day. And then you eat well the rest of the day. So knowing that's like the cheeseburger versus salad, like, all right. Like a lot of times salads are higher in calories. Mm -hmm. You think you're being quote unquote healthy and arguably nutrient wise, maybe you are getting more vitamins and minerals, but calorie wise, you're getting a lot more. Yeah. So, and th there's a difference when we're talking weight loss. Um, I had a conversation with a client a long time ago and she was eating like four bananas a day. I was like, okay, that's cool. And she's like, but they're healthy. It's like, yes, but each one has about 30 grams of carbs and you're not accounting for that. So you're way over on calories. If we can cut these back or swap them out for something lower calorie, you'll be fine. I was, she was like, wait, what? Like, yeah, just cause it's fruit, like avocados that people get in trouble with that. Just because it's healthy doesn't mean the calories magically disappear. Calories, still calories. Yep. Yep. That's a big one. Well, I eat clean. That's yeah. not, that's not a diet strategy. 
<laughs> I ate clean and bulking. I was eating 5,000 calories of clean. Oh really God. fucking hard That's to really do. Tough. It's I really mean, hard. It what kind of clean you're eating though? I'd say 80% clean, but eating like that much, it's like, it's still 5,000 calories. It doesn't matter. People have lost weight doing, um, what was it? The Twinkie diet. Well, I know the McDonald's, there's a, there's a guy who did lost weight eating only Twinkies to prove like calories matter. And then another person did McDonald's. Like I'm going to eat this much protein and this many calories from McDonald's and lost weight, like not healthy, mm-hmm. not recommended, but lost weight. It's like, okay. Just cause you eat clean. Doesn't mean shit. Yep. For maintenance. It's great. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I find a lot of people who say I'm eating clean. They're not, they're not going backwards. They're not like gaining weight. It's like, okay, like you're on the phone with me talking to me, like how you can't lose weight. And now you're saying like, eat clean. Like, okay, that, that, that doesn't mean anything. You need yeah. to be a calorie deficit. Yep, absolutely. So when, when do they, your clients have that aha moment? It's like, holy shit, I can give into my cravings and reach my goals. Probably within the first four weeks. Solid. <laughs> they're, yeah. They're like, oh my gosh, I had, um, you know, I enjoyed some Halloween candy and I'm still maintaining my weight, which is a huge win. Um, I personally think that being able to maintain your weight over the holidays is an amazing win. Um, I don't teach my clients to go crazy over the holidays. I really just, what do you want the holiday to look like? Okay. You want to still stay on track? Cool. Let's do it. Me personally. I'm not going to be tracking on Thanksgiving. If you want to, I will fully support you in mm-hmm. that, but I'm not going to tell you, you have to track on Thanksgiving still because you want to have weight loss and you're not going to have that if you don't track on Thanksgiving. Um, so I think just I, reminding them how, you know, how they want to look, but also supporting them in their decisions, especially throughout the holidays. Um, and then as you do that, it just kind of starts to click for people like, oh my gosh, you told me I could have that Kit Kat. I had it. And now this week's check-in, I still lost a pound. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like magic. Yeah. (laughs) Holy shit. This bad food that this influencer has been saying isn't actually like causing me to gain weight. Like, no, it's calorie balance, which a lot of people don't like to hear, but at the end of the day, it's all about how much energy you're putting in versus put, you know, you're burning every mm-hmm. single day. Um, I also had a, um, so we've been talking with clients a lot about the holidays and I always say to your point, like, what do you want to do or what do you feel is right for you? Like if it's tracking, then yeah, you're going to need to track. Um, if going like off the rails, like that's what I'm going to do. I am not tracking shit for the holidays. I am going to destroy food. However, that does not give me anxiety because I know like the next day I can get right back on track or Monday. So we're going right before Thanksgiving is when we're recording this literally the day before. So Monday, I know I'm going to be completely back on track, but if you, the thought of that gives you anxiety, maybe you need to have a little bit more restriction mm-hmm. this year. The goal of next year, you can just have a free for all. So the, so you can get back on track. Maybe it's instead of a huge slice of pumpkin pie, you have a smaller slice of pumpkin pie and more veggies and more turkey. 
Yeah, I think that that boils down to setting your intention. Like, what do you want it to look like? And then I think that that just setting the intention for it helps with the anxiety in general because you're like, this is what's going to happen. I feel good about it Mm -hmm. versus going into the holiday being like, I don't know what I want about out of this. And then you just go ham because you don't know what you want to do. And then that starts to like feed into the guilt. So set your intentions around it. Um, And then also people that have been, have made this a lifestyle we know that you don't have to worry about one day because that's not going to affect your progress. So Correct. we can't go ham because the rest of our year looks like well-balanced lifestyle. Um, and I think that that is the point that some people miss too, is like, it doesn't truly matter what you do or don't do during the holidays. What matters more is what you do the rest of the year. Um, and that's going to affect your overall progress, not just what you do tomorrow. Yeah. When you look at the holiday season, I basically say the holiday season kicks off on Halloween. Mm-hmm. And it ends kind of New Year's. Maybe you can include Super Bowl in there, but it kind of ends <laughs> shortly. It's not too <laughs> far after New Year's. Some people are like, oh, wait, Super Bowl. Actually, that's a big area um, percentage wise. A lot of people fall off their diets uh, because of Super Bowl. Oh, so okay. like, yeah, because all of a sudden they they're really, really strict, overly strict starting on the January 1st diet train. And then Super Bowl hits and they have a free for all. And then they feel guilty and say, fuck it. That makes sense. Um, but when you actually look at the true holiday season, it's like four or five days. Like you have mm-hmm. Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas Eve and Christmas, New Year's. That's it. Like that's that's what people stress the fuck out about. Like over the course of like 60 days, you're freaking out over four or five days. Yep. Which is crazy when you break it down like that, because people just think, oh, it's November. So yeah. Thanksgiving is going to happen one of these Thursdays. So I can't start a diet now. That's crazy to start a diet now when really it's crazy to be thinking that you can't take your yeah. health into consideration. It's like, even if like every single weekend, I've, I've had clients like this in the past where like, because of their position at work and their connections and everything, they just have like every weekend is almost something. They have friends, they have big families, work events, Friday through Sunday. But it's like, okay, cool. That's not even 50% of the week. You have like, that's like, I don't know, 40% of the week. And then 60% of the week is Monday through Thursday where you can actually like work on your health mm-hmm. and at least maintain. Even, yeah. Even if your nutrition isn't on point Friday, Saturday, Sunday, what does your movement look like? What does your water look like? What does your stress management look like? Like there are still other things that you can prioritize that don't necessarily include your nutrition, but it's still, um, so I call them like grounding habits. It's still something to help keep you grounded, keep you going. Um, so that when you do hop back on, you know, track, it's a little bit less difficult because you've still already been doing your water, your steps, et cetera. We call that the core four. It's, (laughs) it's movement either exercise or steps, movement, water, sleep, protein. Like, cool. What what are the four things you need? Like if shit hits the fan, what are the four things you fall back on? There you go. Yeah. I love that. So you can't focus on cool. Like if your diet's going to be off the rails, focus on getting protein, focus on getting some movement in there. You'll feel a lot better. Mm -hmm. And then Um, if you dial those things in, like if you're just starting out and you can't really focus on like being super strict, you just work on those basic habits 
then when you can actually focus, you're hitting the ground running. Like, okay, I already have this shit dialed in. You're not starting from ground zero when you could like, all right, you're, you, we now have all this, all this work we have to do now because you waited or, oh, I, I'm already doing the basics. I just dial it up, like take it to the next level. And, oh, I'm seeing amazing progress already on day one. Yeah. yeah that really does go a long way. It's so underrated. It is. It's just do some exercise, but a lot of people also think, and I'm sure you can attest to this. A lot of people think exercise is punishment for the weight I've gained and being lazy. So exercise is punishment versus like exercise is just something we do and we can celebrate and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I eat too, too much mashed potatoes. I got to hop on my Peloton. Yes. Girl. Yeah. No, that's the least healthy thing you can do about exercise. Like, no, exercise is not there to punish you for eating two helpings of mashed potatoes. Yep. Um, cool. So anything else you want to talk about today, Nicole? Um, not that I can think of. Awesome. I love that we were touching on the holidays um, because now if, so if this comes out around my birthday, actually in January, um, then that can just remind you that if you are consistently working on these things throughout the entire year, then maybe over the next holidays, you won't be freaking out about what you can or cannot air quotes eat um, over yes. Thanksgiving, Christmas, etc. <laughs> well, also, so you can look, so the way I structure my year is you can kind of like structure it through the seasons, but for me, the holiday season, it also ties into hunting season. So the holiday season is a time where I am focused on other things and the chances of me being super consistent with my exercise and my nutrition are jack shit. Like there, if I set my goal of like, I'm going to track, I'm going to work out five days a week, six days a week it's probably not going to happen. Like this week, I'm probably, I, I got two workouts in and that's probably it for the week. Mm-hmm. I, I'm traveling later today and I won't be back till Monday. So two workouts in, great. Um, but I know that for the year. So I set my intention of, okay, probably October, November and December, I'm not going to really focus on exercise that much. So I'm maintain or just focus on like trying to build muscle and my diet's going to be all over the place, but come January, I dial things back in when you can do that. Okay. So I know I don't have all year, but I have the next nine months starting in January until October, November, nine to 10 months. Then I'm going to like go into maintenance mode and then maybe start again in January. Yeah, I love that. And I think that that awareness comes with time. So many people just think that they can get all of this down pat. Um, honestly, I would say a solid year of just going through these different things, getting to know yourself, um, how, what works with your schedule, how you respond to different things, et cetera. Um, I think that you really need to put in that work to be able to have that awareness so that you can structure better. Um, it's, it's not just going to come, you know, no. within three months <laughs> no it, three like you haven't even gone through a whole year of like right exactly you started this new lifestyle it's like cool it hasn't been through the trials and turbulations of an entire year yet like you yeah. don't know how you're going to respond 
Yeah, I would say probably the first six months is just building those foundational habits. And then probably the 12 months is what you truly need in order to have that down pat and then also be able to develop that awareness around yourself so that, you know, going forward, you have just a higher awareness of what you need, what you can handle, um, all those different things. But yeah, that's my opinion. For sure. It takes at least a year. And you and I, who are coaches, we're still developing our own things as life changes because it's always going to be adapting and changing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's yep, never I just, just... Um, even with my youngest just starting pre-K, I had to adapt my schedule, change certain things, et cetera. Um, so I took I had to take like the first two to three weeks of first starting school kind of get a feel for how I can work different things into my schedule now. Like when can my workouts happen? She's not napping anymore. Um, so yeah, it's always going to evolve. If you have children's, it's always going to evolve around them. Um, and I think remembering that and being like, well, I can't work out in the very morning. So I'm just not going to get it in. Like, no, what, how can you adapt to, to still do the things that you need to do for the goals that you have for yourself and then move forward? Yeah. i I'm not a morning workout person, but if you're like, I'm just, if I don't get my workout in at by 9am, which is when most people start work, I'm just not going to work out like, okay, that is really unrealistic. <laughs> so you're, you're rather deal with the guilt of not getting your workouts in and feeling like crap versus like, okay, like I, it's not ideal, but I'm just going to wake up and 30 minutes earlier and get my workout in. Mm -hmm. It's I've heard it many times over the year. Like I'm not doing that. Like you clearly have room in your schedule for that. You're usually up at that time anyways. Yeah. But no, I'd rather take two hours to relax in the morning. I totally understand. I would too, but that's the literal only time you have in your schedule other than maybe like eight 30 at night, pick, pick your poison. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. People want the results, but don't want to always put in the effort. Um, and you got to have effort. You got to put in the effort if you, if you want to get the results. It, and sometimes it's going to be very inconvenient. And if you want, if you want to re reach your goal or improve your health, sometimes it's going to be a little inconvenient. Absolutely. I would love to work out at 1 p.m. I used to do that when I worked at the gym. Work out 1 p.m., 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Fucking fantastic. Guess what? I'm usually working now. Yeah. That doesn't happen. Yeah. I think, too, sometimes if you know that you're in a busy season of life and you're like, I can either work around my schedule and just make it happen. Or maybe I can take a step back and just start to maintain progress. Yes. Um, so you can absolutely do that too. Maybe take a step back from your goal for a few months, maintain progress that you've made. And then once the busy season is over, start again, just like with what you do with the yep. nine months and the three months off. Um, so that would be an option as well. Um, but don't just stop. Don't just stop absolutely everything and lose all the progress that you've made make a plan and go with it. <laughs> yep. That's right now. Like, okay, I'll get what workouts I can in sometime. Like, I don't think I've hit five workouts in a week. And since October, like early October. So that's usually I'm working out six days a week and I'm like eh, three or four right now. And this week will be two. And that's fine because, but I also have like January 1st, most of this stuff goes away so I can actually ramp back up then. So if you understand your schedule 
and thinks maybe the summer is super busy. You travel to the shore every single week. I, lots of people where I live do that, where every single Thursday you're driving. Cool. That means if you have an intention of I'm going to work out six days a week, it might not happen from June through August. Like just change it to be like four days a week, three days a week. Yeah. If you get an extra workout in great, like congratulations, but don't have that as an expectation. That's an exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. Three days a week is good. Summertime, three days a week, you're getting your workouts in when you're home and then you're traveling down to the beach. Are you going to go work out in? It's a maybe. All right. So don't have it as an expectation. Yeah, absolutely. Meet yourself where you're at. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you, Nicole. This was a great conversation. We'll definitely have to have you back on again. So tell everyone where they can find you to follow you on social media or any other platforms. Yeah. So on Instagram, I am Nicole Hart underscore fat loss coach. My last name is spelled H A R T. Um, and then on Facebook, I am just Nicole Hart. Um, yeah, I am on TikTok too. It's same as Instagram, Nicole Hart underscore fat loss coach. So you can find me both Instagram and uh, TikTok under the same name. Um, I don't have a huge or tech TikTok account. Um, but yeah, I'm working on it. <laughs> TikTok's a, a process it um, is. And, and you have a Facebook group as well, correct? I do. Yeah. It's weight loss hacks for busy moms. Awesome. Awesome. So that will all be down in the show notes. So make sure you guys go and follow Nicole one of those spots to join her free community and thank you for coming on today yeah thanks so much for having me we'll do this again soon of course all right bye see ya